Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. On a show like Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, you need to have a good co-host. And so George informs everyone that Jimmy needs reading glasses, more shot glasses, and some new sunglasses. Yeah, because we're talking about motorcycle stuff here. Anyways, we go on to agree about how the KTM 500 is the world's best motorcycle and a lot of other stuff that actually might help you in the motorcycle world. Have a listen. This show is brought to you by... Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, it's evolved a bunch. It's very durable, um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading, and I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff, and I'm comfortable, and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying Climb. So give them a look. Along with DDC Racing, that's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. And Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions-compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers, and he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can, maybe he can answer the question over there, and he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now... Here's the show. Live from Pahrump, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday on Tuesday. Uh, uh, yeah. What do you think we're going to share? <laughs> this is show number 36. Um, this is a questions and call-in show. And uh, for all those of you who... Um, are in the chat room and are familiar with uh, George, spelled Jorge. Uh, uh, this is George, George Justice, and uh, he is sitting in tonight. He's uh, he helps me with the off road riding school. He's um, enjoying the retired life out here in Pahrump, uh riding dirt bikes, and now he's uh, he walked in. He was the last person to walk through the door, and that means you're the uh, co host on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. George, we'd like to say hi to all your fans. Hi, fans. I think I have six followers on the on Instagram face. and Facebook. Okay, so we, we will put your handle when we put this up on YouTube. No, we'll that's put your, not necessary. We'll put your handle there so everybody can follow you. George goes on some pretty good adventures. Uh, you rode up to Alaska this year? No, Canada. Tuk-toy-a-tuk. Tuk-toy-a-tuk. To what? 
Tuktoyatuk. Right. Isn't I'm not even saying it right, but it's close to that. So you didn't go you didn't go to the farthest northern point of the United States. I've been there before. That was in 14. Right. Just so, check the list. You know, I'm big on checking the list. Got it. So you went to to Toyatuk. What was the reason for going there? Just something to do. A good ride. Yeah. Talk a little bit closer into the microphone there. So when when you're when you're watching uh, or you know in the live chat room that we have, um, George is the one that kind of posts up the uh, links to the stuff that we uh, mention. Sometimes he's always trying to get me to promote all of my crap. Um, telling me I don't do enough self-promotion and, um, 90% of you think all I do is talk about myself. So, uh, <laughs> you can, you can tell George what you think of him, um, and in the comments, of course, and we will get into doing what we, uh, do the best I feel is answering motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions. Um, we have been doing this for shoot. Almost more than half a year. Almost we're getting three quarters of a year now. Um, we're getting better at it sometimes, worse at the others. Uh, still enjoying eating tacos and uh, having a beer, maybe a little bit of tequila. I would like to thank all of the sponsors, uh, specifically my off-road riding school that allows me to be here every week in and week out. See, George? Working on it. That's JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. Turn the volume down on that thing because we don't want to listen to me twice. I think i right? No, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, see, because novice. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Is your phone turned off too? They're down, yeah. So when you want to, what we're going to do is we're going to give priority to callers because we have our new um, caller hotline that will soon be sponsored. Uh, That number is 775-451-3328. George, did you type that in? No. Okay, do that quick like you usually do. That's 775-451-3DBT, and uh, you will get in touch with uh, caller screener Gabe. I don't have the letters on my number keys. You don't have to do it. 451-3-3-3-2-8. And uh, you can get in touch with Gabe, and uh, if Gabe feels you're worthy of getting on the show, he'll patch you through. Uh, Gabe is... uh, our um, call screener, he's the one that makes the thing that does the stuff behind my head, do its stuff, um, and uh, helps uh, get the videos edited up. Uh, we don't know where Logan went. Logan, you, you you wouldn't know if he disappeared because he's quiet and he doesn't say anything. So, um, and you know your you know what your real job is, George, right? Write down everybody you offend. Yeah, write down. No, that's that's one part of it. The main job is when I get thirsty and I need to have a sip of this, then you just start talking. Yeah, you got to fill. The more of that I sip, the more I'll pop off. Mm. (laughs) You'll really like that. I think you've seen me in that mode, haven't you? Uh, Yeah. Did Jim drive you down here? (laughs) Yes, he did. Oh, dear. Designated driver. Oh, good. Well, for my special friends. Holy smokes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, That actually looks bigger in person than it does on the. Yeah, I know. Yeah, then we're going to get a black one of those, I hope, pretty soon. That's your friend that's going to help us out with this. You know what this thing does? That's a bell on top. So just in case any of you uh, non-tequila Ristos, um, uh, let's see. Uh, you know, if I put it right in front of you, you look prettier on the on the TV screen. How do I do there? 
<laughs> yeah, I got a better figure with that bottle. <laughs> so, okay, pour yourself some. Just don't spill. It's expensive. Uh, okay, um, getting right into the flow of things here. Um, oh, yeah, we're talking about motorcycles and motorcycle-related products. I almost forgot. I got a couple questions. Um, a guy named Dallas from Southern Utah says, I'm friends with Cole and the boys from Fast Company. I'm a B-class desert racer, and I've worked hard and made some real improvements this year in my riding. I had a pretty good start to the season with a few podiums and ended up finishing first in my class eleven last seven races of the year in USRA and National Hare and Hound Series. I also ended up winning points in both of those series as well. I would like to move up to expert in a year if all goes well. Well, Dallas, I hope since I just read your resume on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, that you get lots of sponsors. Um, oh, I intend to continue racing next year. I'm 5'8 and 180 pounds. So I think he's going to ask for sponsorship. Might. I got a few questions about my 2018 350 XCF, of course. Um, the bike is essentially stock with the exception of my flex bars. This is 15. It's an 18. Oh, 18? Uh, just the, probably my eyesight again. Uh, glasses, uh, with the exception of my flex bar, some protection items, and a revalve by Dick suspension. As I have gotten better at riding and have gotten a few other bikes with different suspension, have ridden a few other bikes with different suspension, I'm finding a few things that I want to change in my setup. Number one, I'm still on AER forks. That's the air fork that comes on that bike stock. And they seem to do well in most areas except the initial hit and choppy train. Unfortunately, that just seems to be the characteristics of the AER forks. Um, I'm going to just, just pour that right into the microphone next time. <laughs> Made me thirsty. Um, uh, have you had any experience with different cartridges like Dell Sagio makes or even um, full spring or cone valve conversions? I'm not sure what route would be the best for the type of racing that I do. Um, when you're talking about the harshness on those forks specifically, and it sounds like you've ridden it plenty, so it's not a break-in issue. A lot of times guys complain about them right away, and then they ride them for three or four hours, and then they're fine. Uh, and it sounds like since you've had them revalved, uh, then they've been serviced. But the fact that you've had them revalved means that I can't even comment on what is causing the problem. Because if they were stock, I've ridden that bike stock, and I know that that isn't necessarily an issue. If it is an issue, then I'm going to blame the balance of the motorcycle. Your rear end might be too low or your rear end might be too high, causing one of two different situations. The, the first situation, rear end being too low, it takes weight off the front end, and then there's not enough weight to, to make it you know, work like it's supposed to rear end being too high. It packs it down a little bit too low into the stroke and then it gets harsh in the mid stroke. It kind of packs down into the mid stroke runs in the harsher part of the valving. That's all provided that you have found your quote ideal, um, air, you know, spring rate, which is air pressure. So that's, it's kind of like a three prong thing. Um, if it's, you know, definitely play with the air pressure in, in, you know, small one pound increments, and and find if it starts going away and if you can't feel it then do big changes you know five pound increments which is quite a bit and see if you notice one being the better the other and then if there's a trade-off going in one direction or other it's all about setup um so so and i and and i i did reply to him via email 
And I forgot to notice that he did have it revalved, which, like I said, throws everything out because I don't know specifically what you had done to it. And when somebody says, I have a better setting for it, and they haven't watched you ride or aren't they're very familiar with what you are doing, uh, I question that. And because a lot of the companies that do that kind of stuff, they do make parts and they do make pieces and they want to put them in and, and they want to give you a better setting. And nine times out of ten, if you take the forks off the motorcycle and you take them to somebody and they come back, they're probably going to feel like they're better, the placebo effect, um, especially since you don't get to ride it back and back to back. You just know they've been made better. I mean, you paid money for it. It better be better, right? So I'm not I'm not dissing suspension tuners, but I sure as heck, before I ever send my suspension to a suspension tuner, know exactly what I want him to do, and it's do this to it so it makes it better. I don't know if that's that, – is that a good answer? Yeah, but <clears throat> the world's full of idiots like myself that just don't know any better, and so we trust those guys. We tell them, oh, I'm fat, I'm this, I do that. And we don't know what to tell them, and we give them our fifteen hundred bucks, and we get something back that's got to feel better because we paid fifteen hundred bucks on it. <laughs> I, but I mean, what I liked about you know you just take me take get, a sip of this while you're talking. Sure, you helped me get my uh, five hundred kind of tuned in. We're just talking about playing with the clickers, and I went on a long ride on some washboardy stuff and everything, and tuned around with it, and it it really made a huge difference. And I was surprised because before that, I wasn't a guy that would fool with any of that stuff. You know, I assumed I got the best thing for what I paid. Yeah, we're going to get that I'm microphone. Yeah, we're going to get that microphone a little bit more. Actually, it's and a, then Todd yeah. Kelly here has a co uh, comment along these lines. I don't know if you want me to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Todd Kelly. I have a 19300 XCW. I have the stiffer springs. The forks have a super harsh hit on square edges. And I, best solution, question mark. Are the gold valves by Racetech only for MX app applications? And then another sense, I really don't want to fork over. Oh, <laughs> I see. That's funny. Fork, in quotes, over 1,500 for the Slavin's lucky cartridge inserts. I'm not aware of those. Okay, so so here, here we're just kind of coming down to parts and things. And no, the Racetech gold valves are not only for motocross. They're – it's – so – all these all these suspension guys have their own theories on what makes something work, and they they tear apart suspension that has has taken hundreds of hours in 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 production development to come to the setting that they come to. That's that's a setting for it's a generic setting for everybody, and they they go inside there and they go, well, uh, I'm going to change this this part, you know, and 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 this or this section and. I've, I've ridden a lot of that stuff. And like, even I was trying to talk one of our kids, uh, you know, one of my test rider kids who is a very fast expert out of wanting work suspension, which believe it or not, I can probably get him a set, um, through dirt bike tests to test and talk about it. Um, and actually I, I did reach out to him and say, Hey Trevor, you want that stuff? You know what I made him do? Send me an email telling me exactly what's wrong with your stock stuff to see if this is the right direction we need to go to address it. That's what a good test rider would do, and that's the 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 work he needs to do to make it happen. But so all of these parts, like I said, if you haven't really exhausted the the performance capabilities of the stock suspension, and if just going to the stiff springs made it harsh, did did your weight determine the stiff springs, or uh, what what was the reason for the stiff springs? So we're we're kind of we kind of go down. It's suspension is very very personal, and. 
just from when we were doing shootouts and comparisons at the magazine and we're having kids that were 140 pounds and, and, and big dudes that were 230 pounds riding the exact same bike in the exact same springs and knowing that we could actually, with the clickers and preload and stuff, get the bike to work acceptably for them, not to say that it wasn't ideal for either of those ranges, but in between, you know, we are getting bikes to work pretty darn good just by changing clickers and and when someone would say, oh, it's harsh, then we, you know, we'll usually we check the, we didn't get a lot of people saying it was harsh because we'd always check the ride height, make sure the balance was correct on, on the bike. And, and so a lot of it comes back to just very, very simple setup. And I think everybody's just so wound up watching all those idiots on the YouTubes and the internets and stuff. Well, we're one of them too, by the way. Me and you. You watch more of that than I do. I. How do you get your crazy ideas then? Not from listening the to me. Voices in my head and mostly you. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's all kinds of different solutions out there, and there's no way that the manufacturer could make really good suspension at all, right? I mean, you're paying ten thousand dollars for a motorcycle. No way. Yeah, no way. It's impossible. No, it's <laughs> it's. So so when we kind of go down suspension row, I'm I'm like a broken record. I'm like it is. Number one, is it is it is everything working properly? Is it serviced? Is it is it is it correct? Is it um, and then have you done the little things like check your ride height? And then it's like, okay, yeah, I've done all that. I still don't like it. Have you experimented with the the what the the tuning that's available on its stock will do? You know, just the clickers. You know, have you tried the clickers? Have you tried the compression, the rebound? You know, all the different things. And then, are you on the right springs? You know, so there's like this this kind of series of questions you can run through. And if you haven't exhausted that, I'd be re- before you go to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a on a part that literally takes a professional to put in there. And then, trust me, if you just throw a race tech gold valve in there, you'd better be putting Paul Thede's recommended stack of shims on top of it because he's flowing different w- rates of oil. And you know, it, it it get. I'm not even that good at it. I actually, I'm not good at all. I just I know good suspension tuners. And I can talk to them, and generally I can communicate with them enough to where they can deliver, uh, you, you know, what I'm looking for. But they're all plenty happy to put any of that stuff in there for you. So, um, yeah, call them up. <laughs> to, to, yeah, put put all that stuff in there. I don't, if it works better, let us know. <laughs> well, a, a point I know you've driven home before is after you get a not a whole lot of hours on your brand new bike, just send the shock off to have the oil change because there is wear wearing there and things floating around yeah my 500 went away to george here recently after eight thousand miles and oh uh, that's plenty of break-in yeah i thought that was good (laughs) and if i ever get my 300 back that shock's coming off and going back to him just for the oil change you know and uh he'll probably put a new seal in there or something yeah and 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 there's there's certain times when it's good to change the seals and all that stuff so anyways um so that was that was that's my my <laughs> rant on on suspension. I mean, it's like, yeah, have a good tuner, and sometimes they do have good parts. And like like I, or there's the fork, some forks that I didn't like, like the older KTM four CS forks. I could still get those to work pretty acceptably, and and I would probably me just myself would probably not spend the five or six hundred dollars on the parts to make them that much better. You know, the the, the changes to get that. Um, and I knew which parts they were. There was some cartridges that guys made that were a little bit different and some different valves in the bottom that were a little bit different. And I rode a set of those forks. I'm like, wow, this is pretty good for a 4CS fork, but it wasn't enough to make me um, want to uh, 
you know, dive off the cliff and, <laughs> and spend, spend that kind of money. Uh, I could actually adjust my tire pressure and, you know, I knew that the clickers were more like mid valves and whatever. And then I didn't like the bike they were attached to, to begin with. So <laughs> that was, that was another issue. Uh, and, and so back to, uh, Dallas, he had a second, he had a second question. I'm pretty happy with the power on my 2018 KTM 350 XCF. Got that right, right? Um, All-around rideability of the bike. I'm starting to notice I would like a little bit more bottom end. I'm still running the stock exhaust and tuning. Do you see an advantage in going to an aftermarket exhaust? If so, do you suggest a full system or a muffler? I see a few guys running an SX header with a slip-on muffler. I don't know if this is advantageous or not. Also, uh, if I do any kind of exhaust, do you suggest a retune? If so, who and what do you suggest? Well, I'm going to suggest what I've experienced with, and what I've experienced with is the FMF um, full system, uh, Mega Bomb, and then I always typically on bikes that I'm riding off-road run the Q muffler. And I run the Q because it, to me it feels like it makes the power last longer. In other words, the bike doesn't rev up as quick. Um, the Mega Bomb header specifically, and I know KTM does some stuff with their design that looks a little bit similar to it, and I think that might be what you're referring to with the SX header. The Mega Bomb header gives the bike the the feeling, more so the feeling than the actual number will tell you, but for sure it gives you it gives it the feeling of more torque and more pull on the bottom, and it gives it it gives it a uh uh it, it gives it it's weird. It makes it smoother and snappier at the same time. Just helps it seems like it helps throttle response. And and I've tried like a uh, couple other different um, s- stuff, and the Mega Bomb seems to be the best, the best one at doing that. But you can also kind of get more of that with going to the Power Core for the shorter muffler, the one that's a little bit louder. Um, but boy, when you start taking the the spark arresters out and stuff, then they start revving up too quick. And and where you want that smooth, controllable, that good torque and throttle response at the bottom, it all just blows right through that good part of the power, and then just starts revving ridiculous um, and making a lot of noise. So again, it's uh, that's why we spend a lot of time testing the stuff, and hopefully, I'm describing it well. Uh, my experience is that. Uh, you know the other the other exhaust manufacturer would be Pro Circuit, and I've ridden uh, some of their stuff on. I don't know if I've ridden on 350s, but I have ridden on a 250s, and it just gives it a a like just everywhere a little bit more. It's just it's maybe not as not as noticeable being smooth on the bottom, but um, yeah. Are you playing with that pipe on my 300? The the pipes, the 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 seven combinations of pipes that we have. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have, we actually, we have a bunch of stuff to do on that, on that bike with the tuner, with the fuel injection tuner. And then he asked about the tuner and I would always, if I were going to change anything on the exhaust, I would always have the abil- availability to adjust the fuel because, and, and in reality, most of the manufacturers of aftermarket exhaust design their, the pipes that they sell to the public to be used with stock tuning. Um, but that's not to say that just by having the ability to alter it a little bit, um, you can uh, make it work better and better for you. In fact, I would go before I would even do an exhaust. I would get a fuel tuner and play around with that because you can th- the changes you can do there. And then if you you know want to go down the road of getting the complete ignition and have somebody do ignition tunes and depending how geeky you are, you can do that kind of stuff. Kind of like what you can do with the stock Yamaha. Uh, 
Let's see. Uh, yeah, Dallas, um, thanks for the question. Hopefully we answered your question. I think we touched on it last time, or I don't know if we did last time or how we did it, but that's where we're at. Um, okay, uh, next. Uh, we look at the you want to drift off of, of bikes just a little bit, more about riding for a second? There's a question on here that you might have. On how to ride? For. <laughs> okay, yeah. <clears throat> so Brian... England. Yep. Says Jimmy, my 16-year-old daughter just crushed youth Ironman at the Starvation Ridge 24-hour race this weekend on a 2006 200 XCW. I saw that no picture less. on the internet. Kid rode all but about 15 hours, naps and food. She's tough as nails. I want to see her continue to progress, but I kind of I'm kind of at a loss for chick shredders. Can I say that? Yeah, chick shatter. Okay, you can say anything. It's <laughs> politically incorrect. It is. For her to hang with and get pro level instruction up here in Washington, hoping yep. uh, by asking here, perhaps you have a suggested or the word gets out. And I asked him where you located, and he said Tacoma, and you might have something. Going yeah. On so, up there, huh? so uh, with uh, my schools, I actually am going to be uh, collaborating with Paul Neff, who does uh, CISPIS, um uh, CISPIS cycles, um, training, and he will be, uh, starting up in the, in the, uh, spring and summer doing, uh, rider training up there. And like I always tell everybody when we start talking about, uh, rider training, um, it's all about the basics. It's all about high, high levels of, um, you know, having the basics on point and then, than the rider having very specific needs and stuff to work on. So, um, and actually he'll be working with, um, uh, Maria Fosberg, who is also a very well-renowned, uh, off-road woman racer. And, uh, so, um, that team, uh, should be able to handle anything, uh, your daughter needs for sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't even have talked to Paul about training if I didn't totally trust the guy. And, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, you know, ISD gold medalist himself. So, um, not just fast, but he can explain what's going on on the motorcycle. So hopefully, uh, that, uh, that helps. And she rode for all but 1.5 hours, George, not 15. You said 15. You might want to, um, tighten those glasses up yeah the bifocal part's not real good right now <laughs> hey congratulations to her uh that's uh i you know i it that's one thing i never really did was i mean i kind of did endurance stuff just because of the stuff i did but never really like the the iron mans and in the bajas or the iron mans in the 24 hours and i can only imagine how uh how kick-ass that is uh i got a question from an anthony struck strick who is in Zambia. He says, we live in Zambia and are avid followers of your site. Uh, my 13-year-old son races enduro. Is that out of, that's outside of L.A., isn't it? Zambia? No, oh. it's in it's in Africa. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he rides a national level on a KTM 85X, SX. I am 48 and also race less seriously on a 2019 250 TPI XCW, the finest bike I have ever owned. You feel feel like your partner's George, that guy? Yeah. Lucky you guys haven't ridden a 2020. Uh-oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I've been following your posts on the 2020 KTM Two Strokes and would appreciate if you could include your opinions on the following in particular from a perspective of us older riders. He's You're going to have to help me with this question, George. He's only 48. He's not old yet. Look at Jim over there. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, one bike for all purposes. I would also like to practice on the MX track for fitness. I would appreciate your opinion of the XC versus XCW if you're looking for an all-around bike, trail, off-road, enduro, even some MX. And then also 150 versus 250 TPI. Um, with the advent of TPI on the 150, is the bike becoming an option for us older riders? Is well, that even available over here, or is that stuff he can get there? He's obviously can get it. Um, so uh, 150 versus 250. So it's just how much do you really want to rev it and scream the, the guts out of it? I mean, for sure, it's going to, you know, 150 is going to feel a lot lighter, but you're just going to really have to rev the bike to get the power. The interesting thing about what changed on the 150 specifically for me as an older guy, maybe a little bit older than you, is that it torques down a lot better than the old carbureted one did. And it's it's very consistent where the other, the old 150 would kind of bog a little bit. Um this one seems like the power band not only dropped a little bit lower where it was functional in the RPM. So, uh, you, you know, you, you really got to like screaming the bike. It just may, you know, it's never going to be a 250. And it's never going to even be a 200 uh, for that matter. Uh, and then once you start saying motocross, I was really impressed with what I could do on the XCW on the motocross track uh, when we were at the, the, the works race that I rode it in. If you really want the motocross kind of feel, um, you don't want that kind of wallowy, the kind of loose sort of feel, then XC all the way. You want a bike with the linkage. Actually, it's not necessarily linkage. It's just the XC setup. It's not to say that you couldn't have an XCW setup stiffer to work on the motocross track, but then it's going to work just as bad um, out off-road, uh, you know, when you get into the enduro and stuff like that. So... I would, I would, if I wanted an all-around bike, there's no question I would always go with XC, um, just because that's what it's designed for. Yeah, they do a pretty good job with that. So, Anthony, hopefully that answers your. Uh, I'm glad we have fans in Zambia. Uh, we're probably, we are probably. I'm gonna guess that we are the number one motorcycle and dirt bike uh, talk show podcast in Zambia right now. What do you think, Gabe? Yeah, he's giving me thumbs up. Maybe we'll get a call from them sometime. Yeah, it's uh, not a toll. We didn't we didn't pop for the toll free number. You got to call in for the regular, the regular. Uh, Preston Thomas asks, I have the 2019 KTM 300 XCW TPI. What is this? The KTM Talk Hour? Too bad he couldn't wait a year too, huh? Oh His man! His buddy must have told him grab a 19, George. Yeah, get a 19. Six months later, oh, the 2020. No, I told awesome. No, you you had money burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, as you drive your Ford Raptor around. What was that, Jim? I said, someone told me to wait. Someone told you to wait, right. Yeah, I think I did, actually. Um, it just depends on who your friends are. Uh, let's see. It's a great uh, for tight stuff on the second mapping switch, at least for me. Um, he, he installed the uh, accessory switch. I have had a couple of issues with the starter frying after seven hours, and I've also heard there may be an issue with cold seizing on startup due to oil lubrication. Okay. Um the starter issues, uh, frying that, that'd be interesting to learn more about exactly what that was. I know the old starters used to need a lot of grease and you could, you could, um, wear them out if you didn't, weren't careful. Cause they were. Sounds like a clutch problem. Excellent. If you've got to start it that many times in six hours. <laughs> yeah. oh, what's his name? I got to apologize to him. Yeah. His name's Preston Thomas. Yeah. You can use a larger aluminum housing 
in-tank filter and add an ounce of oil to each gallon of fuel. And it says, he says, do not do this without the larger filter. Okay, so I'm going to take a step back right here, right now. Uh, so you're going to... Another shot. Yeah, I'll have another shot. <laughs> no, wait, let me keep talking. You're going to pre-mix your gas on your your oil-injected two-stroke. Um, you're, you're fearing... Well, you've watched another internet guy's video. I'm positive that that's where you got that crazy idea. Uh, he's bald, too, by the way. And... Uh, Believe all the bald guys on the internet is what I always say. The the adding the oil, um, <laughs> you know what the so here's the funny thing is so on cold startup generally there's oil that's kind of pooled in the crankcase and stuff and that's why little puffs of smoke come out of the bike when you start it up cold and there's plenty of lubrication in there. It's not only properly lubricated, you know, mixing in with the gas and stuff. Um, you got a little bit extra. It's pulled up in the crankcase. Um, Cold season on startup would be due to uh, taking off maybe a little too fast, not warming your bike up. Uh, having to put a different filter in your fuel tank so that it doesn't plug up with oil starts sounding like a whole nother, um, another issue. Uh, but you're also, not supposed to put oil in the fuel tank, right? No, I don't think Am so. I off here? Or? I, no, you know, I put, I put pre-mixed gas in my four-strokes for the last ever since they've been fuel injected just because it was laying around, you know, we just, is like, Hey, here's some gas. I poured it in there. I've not had any problems because of that. But then again, it, I wasn't pouring in 20 to one, you know, ratio fuel. It was, it was, I was adding, you know, two gallons of, of, of premixed gas in with another gallon. And it was probably mixed at 40 to one. So that makes it 60 to one. If I'm doing some rough math, maybe I haven't had any fuel. I, I've actually, in my garage right now, I have my first fuel tank out of like seven fuel-injected KTMs that I have, my first fuel tank that has a plugged filter. I've never split the filters like uh, guys have had problems, and trust me, we get bad gas out here. Uh, I also purchased a better fuel pump as the Chinese one has had issues. Uh, what isn't built in China anymore? <laughs> Do you think the one that you bought was not built in China? <laughs> oh, the stock in fuel Fuel filter made out of plastic has a tendency to split and leave you on the trail along with my, along with the cheesy pump. So you're telling me you had a fuel filter and fuel pump failure. Anyways, after a few bikes, the bike is ready to roll and more dependable. My two cents worth. Preston, you need to get your own podcast and team up with the bald guy. And, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard about fuel filter splitting. Um, and I've heard people saying you need to add, uh, oil into the, the, you know, pour, pour a little bit of oil, you know, just for safety. And you hear all kinds of crazy stuff like that, but, um, I haven't done that on any of the fuel injected oil injected two strokes, whether it was a KTM or a beta. I've just run them the way they are. And I take my bikes out onto a dry lake bed down here and I hold them wide open for a couple of minutes at a time just to be ridiculously abusive to them, um, you know, and I haven't had any issues because I want to, I don't do stupid stuff with them, but I mean, that might be stupid, but they're designed to run like that. I mean, they, they run them on dinos, they test them, they do that kind of stuff. So it, it works. Um, they work. Uh, let's see. Uh, so yeah, if I, if you want to put um, extra oil in your tank, 
Mm, uh, yeah, whatever. I don't think you need to. I really don't think that's a that's a. I don't think it's going to help or help anything. I don't necessarily think it'll really hurt anything too much either. So, uh, just don't put the wrong oil in. That'd probably be the best. <laughs> Hopefully, whatever's in your your going in your injection system. Because uh, I know there's another question here about oil um, that I probably can't answer. We'll have to refer to Chris Real. Uh, let's see. Um, hi, Jimmy. I've read and watched many DBT articles and reviews and really enjoyed them. I imagine you get us all asked all the time about what bike to buy, but I really don't know what would be the best for me and where to turn. George, what should I tell him? KTM 500. You sound like a broken record and I would greatly appreciate any time you could afford to me. I am considering getting a dirt bike. We didn't even get to this part. That's good as a dirt bike for the trail riding, but I don't know which way to go. All the dealers I've spoken with while supportive typically want to sell me what they have on the floor. Now he's going to give me some background. Every time I give you a fact, I want you to tell me. I need to drink now. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to get every time I give you a fact here, I want you to tell me, um, the right bike and if it changes i'm 57 years young and rode dirt bikes until about 18 years ago so 40 year layoff what's the bike ktm 500 or maybe a 350 okay i've kept myself in good shape mountain biking running and lifting over the years gs 1200 pick it up (laughs) no (laughs) i plan on riding trails quad trails dirt roads in the mountains and desert air outside of my home in boise idaho KTM 500. I'm a beginner, I feel, since it has been so many years. Come to Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Training. KTM there we go. 500. That's, that's a- <laughs> ride one here. Rent one and ride one here. Yeah. I'm six foot, two inches tall, and 210 pounds without gear. Don't put high bar risers on it, but get a KTM 500. Okay. that So right there, that one two just... Two springs up, so, right? Uh, one in the front, two up in the back, probably. Two in the two two rates in the back one not nah, two hundred and ten no he's fine he can do it stock especially when he's starting to go down beginner but when you say six foot two two hundred ten pounds without gear that that really pushes me more to five hundred than three fifty that's just just um, let's see I'm finding the best bike to learn on is my gold as well as minimizing the amount of frustration I've loved riding as a kid I love mountain biking so I felt it was time to get back into trail riding the bikes I've started to research on here. All 2020 models, by the way, he's not going to be like you and buy one of those old things. KTM 350XCF, KTM 350XCFW, KTM 250, 350XCF, Yamaha YZ 250FX, Yamaha WR250F, and then there's that other brand. I think there's just starts with an H-U-S-Q-Varn. I can't spell it. Um, they make great chainsaws and lawn equipment. Right. Um and so he he was already he was he was going down the right road. Actually, any of those bikes that I just listed off would all be great, you know, first time bikes. But being a bigger guy, um, the five hundred is not going to hurt. Um, and then it, and then when you start talking about you know, um, you know, anytime you're going to use it as a as a true dual sport bike, or if it's just straight off road, then um, then you don't need the five hundred that much. Uh, so yeah. But it's a pretty big difference in the 350 and 500. I know, you know, it, it, I like that low grunny, and I barely twitch to change something in the bike. And with a 350, I have to consciously kind of, you know, grab a bigger handful or whatever to, 
Yeah, it, it's it's thing, it's so. just it's just torque versus rev. You know, I mean, I don't use that last eighty percent or whatever. But you know, when was the last time your five hundred was wide open? This afternoon, going oh. across the lake bed trying to catch Jim and these guys. Yeah, Jim, what bike do you have? Uh, it's a KTM five hundred. Oh wow, KTM five hundred. It's like, like it's it's. <laughs> It's like, it's like you got you got to be part of the club around here. Well, and, you know when I started, that's, that's, looking, that's why we're not going to have um, a torture test Gabe in here anymore because he rides a DR two hundred, and there's no way I can be seen with a guy like that anymore. And I think it's still the case. Aren't aren't the KTM's dual sport bikes still about the lightest thing going? Yeah. So if you're older and you have the means, you know, get the lightest thing. Yeah, and so he also did say he got a chance to ride a KTM. Uh, 300 XCW a couple times, but struggled with how very responsive the bike was. I think I don't have the confidence and ability for such a motor and power band. Well, then I'm going back to 350 because <laughs> the 500 has that kind of throttle. Actually, well, I struggle with I'll, the same thing. The way the 300 power comes on, you know, I have trouble getting my balance and the right thing for the you know, I haven't ridden it a lot. Yeah. But I'm more comfortable with how my 500 delivers power for the most part. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's you're saying it's definitely smoother than the 300. Than the 300, yeah. yeah that's, that's why 300's a whole other bike. I love it. I, you know, the little bit I've had it, I think you've had it for a month. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm going to give it right back after I fix it. <laughs> um, he says, any time you give me uh, input would be greatly appreciated. I wish to discuss it over the phone and i've included my contact info stalker yeah come to the class <laughs> rent one ride one yeah come in the spring uh okay dave scott asks um uh wait it's is it's uh which one was it dave is this dave scott okay good this afternoon i just bought a 2020 uh 2020 ktm 300 XCW and had him update the flash dealership, uh, flash port left the dealership. Thank you, Jimmy, for noticing that. Um, I had a 17 300 prior to this, and I agree with the suspension is the best stock bike I've ever ridden at speed. It could be a little more plush and the slow stuff, but I can fix that. My question is this here we go. I used to, I read to use JASO FD oil for the injection. I'm currently looking for an oil that I'm going to consistently use reading the details on these oils. Is there a viscosity I should be looking for that would last better than the others? I know the, uh, old roll the eyes question, but I like to look into a little more details as a what to buy. So he's talking about the oil that's going into the, uh, gearbox on this bike. And no, for the injection in injection. That's oh, what he's oh, talking yeah. about. Jeez, FD. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, that's right. Correct, correct. Okay, I, I saw that the first time I read it. <laughs> um, I understand it's to be a hundred synthetic and JSO FD, but so that's why I got confused about the viscosity of two-stroke oil. This is a question for Chris Real. <laughs> I didn't know that that two-stroke oils were viscosity rated. Whatever it says in the manual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to defer back to. Whatever it says in the manual. Um, uh, so so um let's see there's not much information uh, available on the TPI injection system I've used An Amzoil Saber in the past at 80 to 1 in the 17 but it is too thick of an oil to run in the injectors injection system in my opinion 
Also, Amsel does not have a JSO rating either. They just say it exceeds. So um, we learned what JASO means a yeah, couple of tech talks ago, right? Yeah, it's Japanese Automotive, Automotive Society. Uh, oh, of engineers, probably something like that. Anyways, uh, yeah, Chris knew all the and the acronyms and stuff for that. So, um, well, man, I've I've poured probably four or five different types of oil that I know of into different um, oil-injected bikes. They were all synthetic, and they were all um, ones that I'd used pre-mixing and stuff like that. Uh, everything from the Maxima, uh, what's there, is the K7? No, what's the, what's the Maxima, huh? No, no, not the caster. I did not put that in the fuel. The the maxima. They're they're. Uh, somebody will correct me on the form. I'm sure. Super M. Super M. Uh, I've used some Redline oil that I had access to. I used some Rock oil that I had access to. Uh, I had some Ams oil stuff that I put in. I don't know if it, I don't remember it being called the uh, Saber. Uh, but hey, the cool stuff that I put in there was the Rock oil. Uh, <laughs> strawberry scented two-stroke oil it's designed specifically for scooters but i used to run it in my motocross bikes all the time just to be that guy with the sweet smelling two-stroke smell um and i i have not had a problem on any of those yet so i think you're pretty safe as long as you're not running you know uh you know a, a castor oil and i'm sure a lot of them now will start saying you know for use in and then it, you're probably safe with that. If you have any question, and I, of course, use the Motor X that, that comes in the KTM. Um, and I would just be kind of careful about mixing stuff if you're not too sure. And, uh, yeah. Can, can I ask? Oh, kind of here, here's, here's, here's where, okay, I remember this question because I, I think I answered it on the, on the you know, via email as well. Also. This is part of the same guy's question? Uh, yes. Also, uh, is 100 octane low lead avgas safe to use in it as well <laughs> i used it in the 17 mix half with 91 gas up in iowa as it is hard to find nothing off non-ethanol fuel and i see bob sitting here rolling his head and this is the guy who used to deliver um, um 35 gallon drums of his 110 octane low lead up to the mountains uh so in case he rode up there he would have some for his his bikes and he's shaking his head no no that stuff stores really well it's not really good for Motorcycles, you know what they test all these bikes on, all these current fuel-injected bikes on now? Pump gas. They test it in pump gas. And, I mean, I've even heard stories of KTM going to the trouble to ship over, you know, barrels of U.S. pump gas so they can test it over there, which, yes, it's a giant pain in the ass. So I would not run 100-octane low-lead. Just run pump gas. You know, and, it, and if you're going to run like some really good expensive race gas or something, or, you know, if you can get non-ethanol, um, if, if you know, that's that's fine too, but you'd better have a fuel tuner because they're designed to run on pump gas. The higher the octane is just harder to ignite, right? So if it's not spark burns knocking, Burns uh, harder. Needs more slower. compression. 100 low lead has too much lead in it for yeah. two-stroke, and it doesn't have the additive package that makes it accelerate yeah i i remember i remember when we used to run put race gas in my two strokes and and i was racing at the time and uh i remember we used to put it in there and my bikes always felt slower and acted slower i lacked throttle response they ran a little bit cooler 
um, sometimes. Uh, but, um, I was never, never a big fan of the, of the race gases and I, I got to run. And then at the magazine, we got to test some different fuels and man, there are some fuels that will make your bike run better, but you'd better have somebody there to jet them for you or tune them for you. And you'd better have a lot of money because <laughs> that's, that's usually correlation so from the ignorant side of the table. Why is it such a big deal to deviate from whatever the manufacturer is suggesting you put in there? I mean, is it to save a couple of bucks a quart or is it to get something better performance wise or uh, I'm just, no, I'm talking yeah. about the oil, the I'm oil, the oil injection. I think people always have their, their, their own, you know, their own brand stuff they're fans of, which is, that's, that's no problem. And, um, but I think, you know, and then, and then people are like, I have to run what the manufacturer recommends. There's people that are religious about it and that's probably safe. And, and, but I don't think it's necessarily necessary unless you're driving a, like a Mercedes van and they put what polymers inside of the thing that you're, that some sort of sensor identifies that you put the wrong oil inside your, you know, I, I hope it doesn't come to that level. Uh, but, um, no, I think I, I think you can always be safe running what the manufacturer recommends. And then, uh, you know, Bob, Bob over here has a brand new KTM 350 that he let us uh, borrow. Let me borrow. Can you play that video? I should play that video. Yeah. He told me, he told me during break and he read that it it didn't need to go over, um, 7,500 RPMs. It wasn't supposed to go over 7,500 RPMs. And I misheard him because I'm hard to hear as well as being, um, not very good eyesight anymore. Can't hear very well. And uh, I thought he said 17,000 RPMs. So I shot him a little video. I'll put it up on the, uh, I'll put it on Dirt Bike Tests uh, Instagrams and Facebooks tomorrow, the video. And uh, you'll you'll see what, uh, why he was probably pretty concerned when he got that video. <laughs> uh, tired of breaking a bike. Okay. Um, yes, Bob. He'd be better off spending his money taking riding lessons than worrying about Oh, geez. We're not going to talk about riding lessons anymore. Uh, let's see. Uh, four days ago, Preston Thomas asked, have you had any issues with the starter motor? <laughs> Mine crapped out after about seven hours, $420 later. No, I haven't not had any problems with the starter motor, and I would love to find out why yours crapped out and exactly what the symptoms of crapped out were. Uh, this leads me to another thing. So I got a call from somebody who, um, I'm not going to tell you how I got my phone number, <laughs> but he had a, uh, he had a, a, particular motorcycle that i am a fan of um not a ktm 500 and uh he was having problems with uh the fork seals going out on it and so i asked him i said so like what do you mean the fork seals are going out and and he just started going through like well i read on the internet and i'm like wait did your fork seals go out and he goes well yes and, and then, but he always kept back to, I read on the internet, I read, you know, I, I, and so I went to my dealer and I go, okay, so your fork seals went out and they, and they, they replaced, they replaced the fork seals. Okay. And then they went out again and then they replaced the fork seals and then they replaced one part of the fork, the slider. And it was like, the, I, I started hearing this story about, and he, he's like, isn't it a warranty or a recall issue? And, and, and not only he, he was, he was hitting me on it. Like, like I could do something for him. And I'm like. I test stuff for manufacturers every once in a while and we don't experience that. Like, and then I test stuff 
for for myself for dirt bike tests, and we never experienced that. And I don't think we're getting special bikes that that are you know made to not have that particular problem. I know a lot of people that own that bike that have not had that problem, and and you you may have got a bad one or one that could be that just that one thing. Is he's like pinning me like I I need to incite a recall or something, and. I go, you know, I'm not even sure of the exact numbers, but usually if it's like a little bit over 1% of the vehicles out there start having a problem, it becomes a real issue for the manufacturer, if I'm not correct. And it's certain there's a certain percentage where they have to issue a recall when it's, you know, something like a fork sale, it's going to leak fluid on your, your disc rotor and stuff like that. It would be, you know, a serious issue. And it's like, I start going like, where are you getting your information from? And why, why are you so passionate about like, you know, I know, I understand it's your bike and you have that one. And it's like, so what did your dealer say? And he's like, well, he replaced it three or four times. And, and uh, I just, I didn't, I don't get it. You know, I, I, and it, it almost sound like maybe you're so much a pain in the ass to your dealer, like you were on the phone to me that he doesn't want to really work on your bike or, you know, they might've just wiped it down and sent it back to you. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, a, a lot of times I just get, I'm, I'm always amazed at it. Uh, so I went to the thing like, okay, so are you riding your bike in, in, cause it was fork seals. Are you, you know, riding it on roads that have had salt down on them, which was one of my things, or are you riding on gravel roads where like a Nick, you know, you've got a Nick in it. That's that, that nobody's identifying if there's a Nick in the fork tube, it's constantly cutting the fork. So I just go back to the simple stuff because it doesn't sound like an issue. And he's like, he's like, well, he goes, I heard it's because the bike's so heavy and that it's flexing and it's causing the seals to leak oil. And it's like, wow, you didn't start out with that. <laughs> you know, you've already determined what the problem is and you wanted you wanted me to kind of like give you that information. I didn't know that that was a problem. And I, I don't know that, I mean, I've ridden those bikes pretty hard and I never got them to leak oil out of the forks. But anyhow, so uh, long story longer, yeah. Uh so the starter motor on the KTM, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I had older ones that had electric start and I got, <laughs> they were still starting. They were 2008s, I think is when they started putting those in there, the electric start KTMs on the two strokes. And I had one up until two years ago and it was still starting just fine. I just kept that little sucker greased up. Uh, question on boots, uh, Pigard Pigard twenty six asks, Pigard twenty six. P Gerard. P Gerard. Okay. I like stiff boots. However, I don't like losing the peg feel. Is there a manufacturer that has some softer, thinner soles, or an aftermarket reseller that possibly has an option? Thanks again. Uh, Should have sold them your CDs, Jim. Didn't you wear a hole <laughs> on the bottom of one side? <laughs> Garnier. So, so there are definitely some different feels and soles and boots that I've had, and I'm not sure whether he's asking from an adventure bike perspective, which is definitely much different, or a, a um, um, you know, like a dirt bike boot perspective. You can always go to like a, you know, a, a, a lot of times a lesser cost boot, a lower line boot um, that sometimes has less protection in the in the in the footbed of the boot, and you might get more feel, but. Um, then you're like losing protection and then there's, there's, 
like how much feel do you really need in your in your feet <laughs> when you're when you're riding? Uh, I run the stiffest boots I can possibly get because I don't want my feet to bend or get get broken anymore. But uh, the the I'm not sure about like losing the losing the peg feel. Um, I, I will agree that Garnet seemed to have a better feel. I mean, you you softer a softer more compliant feel. Alpine stars they have they st- they tend to have Alpine stars in my opinion has two of every kind of boot design and one's a little bit stiffer that, you know, like a tech three versus a tech seven and a tech 10 versus a tech eight. They definitely have different, different feels. Um, so I think it's uh, just, um, you know, play around and hopefully you're going to go to a store that you can try some of that stuff on and you'll support that store by buying what you like there so that you can have the opportunity to try that stuff on. Or you're going to be sending a lot of boxes back and forth <laughs> trying to figure out what is uh, going on. Vidmoto, five days ago, says, How the heck could this be my new favorite YouTube show? Anyway, keep them coming. Vidmoto, I'll tell you how this is going to be your favorite YouTube show. You have way too much time. You have less worse YouTube watching habits than I do. Or you're not watching enough YouTube because there's definitely better bald guys than me out there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till your spiritual advisors and life coaches such as I allow you to unleash your fury on some of your rants, then you'll get a bazillion I'm gonna, followers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that on a different... No, I'll probably different do it on venue. this different venue. You probably I, do it with a mask or I've something. Got, I've got two ideas that are floating around in this, like, sick cranium of mine that, that um, I can't wait to unleash. I, I need to ride some more motorcycles first. And sometimes that sedates it, but but when I get the chance, I've got I've got an idea. I I'm still yet to explain the three stroke motor to my caller from last week. We have any callers, Gabe? Nobody's calling. Not a person. I think you should have a contest from your viewers to see. You know, you have Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, but what should Jimmy's rant be? In what day of the week? Where you just <laughs> unleash everything? Yeah. No oh wait. Hard. P, P guard uh, twenty six comes back. Uh, part two, Mister Lewis. Anyways. Don't call me Mr. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if you could shed some light on riding techniques. Oh, that you get from stretches of hard pack sand to hard pack transitions. Uh, letting my dance partner, his CRF250L rally, lead and dance underneath me helps. But when the sand gets a bit deeper and the ruts appear, I get nervous. Throttle off, pinch the tank, lean back, and hold on a bit. Well, Should let's I see. address that? What what would be okay? So what would Jimmy say? <laughs> Everything's a function of two things: balance and traction. Thanks for your tuition. You can go home now. <laughs> Just master that, and you'll have it licked. No, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Why are you, we sharing a glass? This is kind of freaking me out. Can can somebody get me another glass? We're poor people around. We got one glass in Perump. Actually, this is going to be a little bit of a mix of it's a it's Loma Azul and um. This, and the class is that's is good. Don't th- cork that yet because I want some. Of that. Yeah, there's here we go. Um, let's see. So, let's see. I am a stand-up rider. That's good. Very little sitting and can go for hours. I live in northern Nevada, Reno, so my train may be a lot like yours. Thanks for any insight. Um, yeah, we both have the same kind of features in our terrain. You have you have the the. The uh, Mustang Ranch, and I have the Sherry's Ranch. Yeah, so same kind of features in the riding around here. Um, uh, so, Pigard, um, so you, the problem is you're nervous. That's problem number one. 
uh, you, if you're nervous, that means you're going too fast. You're going a little bit too fast, maybe a lot too fast. I don't know. So you should never be nervous when you're riding. Um, the, the throttle off, uh, that can be a good technique or a bad technique, depending on what you're doing. Pinch the tank. Uh, why would you try to pinch something that might be doing something you don't like? And then lean back. That means uh, get out of balance and hold on a bit. Uh, that means hold on to something that's out of balance. So I just break that down pretty – I just confused everybody about yeah. riding technique. I, I think if he could get out here for one of your classes, it would change his world. <laughs> I mean, I'm and I'm dead serious. You know, that's how I met Jimmy is just finding this guy on the internet who's training motorcycle, my motorcycle riding, and it changed my world. I was doing everything – ridden for a long time, not a racer – doing absolutely everything wrong in the sand. Now I pretty much welcome most sand things until you tell me to go out and do figure eights and soft sand. <laughs> I'm going to get there. Well, you had nothing to do but sit out there for a few hours, right? I was I was entertaining your wife. That's okay. Um so really um so what you what you what you want to do is um is when you're when when you first of all, when you come up with something you don't like, first of all, slow down. Slow, that just increases the options of things you're able to do. You need to make sure you're in balance. And then when you start going in the stand, the bike starts moving around. You want to be, your body needs to be in balance on a balanced motorcycle. And then the, the balanced motorcycle is going to wander around. It's going to try to get out of balance based on the rut or the sand doing whatever it does. And then you use this technique to initiate turns to control your balance and stay loose. And then you use small bursts of throttle. That's not get over the back and gas it to help control the bike. So you combine your, your initiating and controlling the turns with small bursts of throttle. And then you just ride effortlessly, effortlessly through the sand. Um, sounds like magic. Uh, I have it packaged in a small vial. I can send you some, it's like 69 95 for your first ounce. And since it works go so good, it goes up to like $230 an ounce after that. Um, it's, just it looks just like sand you just sprinkle it in your helmet that way you don't have to hit the ground and get it in your helmet uh, in order to have it so less expensive uh let's see joe doyle says another good tech talk taco tuesday but we needed to hear more from torture test gabe you're never going to hear that guy again on the show <laughs> he's got his own show right i don't know no, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't texted me back. He might. I don't know. I gotta explain the three-stroke motor. No joy on the second small glass. You couldn't find one. Well, that'll work. That'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a big glass will hold just a little. The Duke asks. Would you not race motor motocross with this two-stroke or four-stroke? Um, he's talking about the recluse clutch. Um, uh, we did a, I, uh, I did a video on the recluse clutch. Would you not race motocross with this? Yes, I would race motocross with this. And in fact, when they were developing the early, um, what is now the radius CX clutch, I was struggling. I was racing a Honda, a Sierra 450, um, in motocross or I wasn't racing. I was riding around the track pretending like I was a racer because I don't race anymore. But I was struggling with the bike kind of stalling a little bit, and I found that uh, putting the recluse in it made it way easier to ride. 
Um, I just didn't, all of a sudden I didn't have to worry about the clutch lever. I didn't have to worry about the bike stalling because I didn't want to run the idle high because it made the power kind of not what I wanted. So, um, no, I would, uh, I would, I would do that. Um, and then yes, in two stroke and yes, in four stroke, it doesn't matter. The recluse still works the same in both of them. And then he asks, isn't it true? A two stroke race bike should not idle. And, um, that's not true because it's a personal preference. Um, the, having a two stroke idle and not idle is kind of like having a high idle or a low idle on a four stroke. It alters the way that the bike feels when you're off throttle. So, um, yeah. Uh, vet rider asks, uh, stock trail tech or pro moto billet kickstand for his, uh, KTM, uh, dual sport bike. I think that's what he's asking about it for. He's asking, but he's asking for a group of friends. So they're probably trying to get a group discount and buy. Actually, if you email me, I might be able to get you a discount on the trail tech one. Um, but, uh, so here's my take on those trail tech makes a very good replacement for the stock one. The stock ones are probably the weakest on the KTMs, the weakest of the, um, Kickstands I just mentioned, Trail Tech seems like they beef theirs up. I think it's actually lighter than stock. Uh, it mounts in the stock position. It's a really good replacement kickstand. I'm going to have them on all of my bikes and my rental bikes because, unfortunately, clients like to climb on their KTMs like with the kickstand down, and that usually makes them break, but the Trail Tech ones don't. And the Promoto Billet one is a pretty robust uh, kickstand, uh, and it has a, it has a pretty good... Um, kind of internal spring mechanism and stuff. I have them on a few bikes as well. They are also a really good product. Uh, so um, when your stock one breaks off, get a trail tech. <laughs> and if you want something beefier and bigger, um, get a ProMoto billet. Hopefully that answers your question. I so, answered that earlier, by the way. I, I posted that I had a couple of ProMoto billets on mine, and now I just posted the the trail tech. The link, Good. And you used to crawl on your bike. You don't do it when I'm in, when you're around me, right? What do you mean on the kickstand? <laughs> yeah, you crawl up onto the bike because you're short. Like well, crawl onto it, regardless. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have any other questions on that? Hey, um, Chris Real said I did a good job. Is is that, in answering the oil questions? <laughs> that would be strange. Um, Let's see. So we managed to get through a whole nother show by scaring away anybody from calling, right, Gabe? They don't want to talk to you. It's not me over here. Um, Dave Scott should call in. He's got. A, I think there's a question in here somewhere from Dave Scott, uh, but I'm not sure uh, reading it. Uh, Chance McCamish asks, "100 uh, low lead, or he doesn't ask. He says 100 low lead is designed for low RPM motors. I have friends who use it, and I cannot convince them not to use it. Some people are just stubborn." Bob, um, <laughs> Bob, you're a low RPM rider, mm -hmm. and he doesn't use it, and he's stubborn. <laughs> uh, and and that's the other thing about constant. Uh, Chris points out constant, um, constant RPM. Uh, Yes, and then if you have oil questions and you just want to learn a little bit about oil, look back at our uh, episodes with Chris Real. Don't and spill. he's been on there answering questions. Yeah, he, he he does chime into the thing. Um, Victor 
asks because the meat barks. How does he know about that story? <laughs> barking at the meat. You know you can tenderize meat by barking at it like a dog. Yeah, it's a long story, but it it works. Um, yes. Uh, hey, John Perkins joined. Must be out there protecting us from aliens. Good job. Yeah, he doesn't come in here anymore. I scare people away, evidently. That's what somebody told me. What's your opinion on the Bridgestone X30s? Uh, Michael Agnesson Ag- asks, um, I typically really like Bridgestone tires. Uh, I have not had a ton of experience on the X30s. I've ridden them on some of the uh, motocross bikes that they come with, and I thought they worked uh, pretty well. I was a fan of the older... And I, it's going to be hard for me to remember the numbers as I am sitting here wearing a Kenda t-shirt, by the way. Um, yep. <laughs> Kenda helps me out with my tires for my riding schools. And uh, I really like the uh, Kenda Parker DTs personally, <laughs> especially for off-road riding. But I think the X30 is a great all-around tire. And uh, that's uh, that's my opinion on it. Let's see if we have any other questions uh any other any other ones you got any other stuff that we uh need to reply to trying to get this dave scott to call in he says he can't right now (laughs) only on the computer he's scared (laughs) do you know him no i don't i don't think so somebody else had a is i think he's trolling here but i'm not really in industry can you okay, Troy Hicks? Do you know Troy? Um, I you know how I can't might remember be trolling names. You. Can you please test the new Hodaka twenty twenty Super TPI XCWM? <laughs> what is trolling? <laughs> I don't, shit disturbing. <laughs> shit disturbing. Kind of like our kind of like our call last time on the on that was asking a, an emissions uh, thing, but he wanted to talk about the flux capacitor. Right. I'm gonna. Gabe, should I? I told you this. Should I? Should I kind of talk about that a little bit? Yes. Okay. So on our last show, uh, we had uh, one of uh, the other Gabe, uh, my uh, co-host for the evening, Gabe's friends, calling, and he was he was worried about the uh, emissions compliancy of a three-stroke motor, and he had figured out. And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a YouTube video on this. Um, he had figured out that um, the three-stroke. Well, he just wanted to to throw his three stroke and he had a diagram that he couldn't produce very quickly, but he did finally send me the, uh, the diagram. I have it on my phone, um, of the three stroke motor. And it was kind of interesting because it, it had a cylinder that was not with not parallel walls, but almost like a cone shaped cylinder. And, uh, and it was actually, it, it had a picture of the piston and the crank, and then it, it showed its three cycles and what you have to imagine here is like you're you're looking at this thing and this this uh, square piston was going up into a uh, cone-shaped cylinder and there was a lot of blow by as you as you can imagine on the side but if you look closely in three strokes not only did the piston not move the crankshaft did not move either it was riding heavily on the flux capacitor that was placed inside of the bottom end of the engine and it was doing; it was evidently doing all the work. And so, what he didn't understand is the flux capacitor is a device uh, created um, in the movie uh, Back to the Future by whatever that professor's name was and Michael J. Fox. They they created it, and uh, it was installed in a DeLorean 
motor car. That's DMC, right? Everybody, everybody knows that. Well, if you're not familiar with motorcycles in general, there is a guy named Dave Miller of Dave Miller Concepts, also DMC. Not to be confused with Run DMC, the the rap group, but so Dave Miller, Dave Miller Concepts, and you can start uh, googling this stuff. Actually, George will put a link up there. Just Google Dave Miller Concepts images. If I ever get sentenced to life in prison, I hope that Dave Miller is my cellmate because that guy can tell a story and it it never ends. And he can also fabricate at least one of anything, and it'll be the most trick, incredibly, uh, uh, you know, highly refined, super Sano. And that's his. It was in his original company it was called Miller Mano, and it is Miller Mano. And it's like if it's not super Sano, it's not Miller Mano. And uh, Dave built uh, what you could call a three-stroke motor out of a KX80 bottom end with an XR100 or XR80 top end put on top of it. So he's, he was using the crankcase of the two-stroke to supercharge the, the, the charge coming out of the bottom end was then being pressurized into the valve of the Honda XR80 top end. So it was it was it was sucking in through reed valves, pumping it out through reed valves up into the intake valve, and then essentially taking a two-stroke bottom end. And this is nothing new. This is something I just did the flux capacitor via DMC via via Dave Miller to kind of go down the thing. This is, Mako did this back in the days. And if anybody knows, like I start talking about like how much I love Husabergs. Like when I was a kid, I fantasized about riding a Mako, and I actually got to work with some of the engineers when I was in my BMW racing days that worked on this kind of self-supercharged four-stroke motor using a two-stroke bottom end uh, concept. It was – you had to <laughs> – hey, here's one. You had to run premixed gas in your four-stroke because it needed to lubricate the bottom end because you couldn't do it via traditional methods. Uh which is kind of interesting, kind of, kind of roll the story full circle. But in doing some other research about the three-stroke motor, I uncovered the uh, the five-stroke motor, which I talked about a little bit. I, I have some inside info on that. And also the six-stroke motor. And uh, I will show produce diagrams, charts, and uh, mathematical theories on all of those things uh, when I do my rebuttal to the last troll that came across. Uh, going to have to change your name to Sheldon. Sheldon. Off of uh, Big Bang Theory. So is this the guy, Dave Miller Concepts? That's Dave Miller. If it's not Miller. His Facebook is attached up here. Yeah. Dave is is a great guy. I mean, that guy, I used to race mini bikes with that guy, and I showed up with my rebar framed, like, you know, uh, ported with a drill motor XR80, and Dave would have the most Sano. He'd have this yz80 chassis that he dropped an xr80 75 motor that was bored and stroked and ported and who knows what else was done to it and like we are the polar opposites we'd battle actually we should get dave to come to that flat track school hey let's talk about that real quick okay but you know you're 13 minutes over and you still got 58 people listening to this crap can you believe that that's when that's when i start wondering <laughs> do you just cut them off for the anticipation for a whole week? No, or do you keep going. Talk D- about flat track, flat Danny, tra- Danny, Danny Walker, I American Supercam, but he didn't come. Oh, to come tonight? Well, I, in, I invited oh, in, him in the on tech, this. That's probably, why you got above fifty. He's on probably the, scared. Okay, we're it's my eight so, followers. So what, what we need to do? Your eight followers need to get the video of me and Danny going at it on the flat track because it's going to be horrible. I'll I'll get my ass handed to me. I'm sure. 
So um, I don't know. We're, we're going to go to um, a uh, American Super Camp school in uh, City of Commerce. City of Industry. City of Industry. City Don't of tell industry. them when because then everybody will fill those last few spots because Big John, I want to get John. In yeah, I, I want to get John. Dave's off. going. Gabe, you Logan, going? Gabe won't go. Gabe won't go. You're chicken. You used to ride motorcycles. You outgrew them. You got a car with a stereo in it now. A car with a wicked stereo. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Gabe's what? 17, 18? 17 max. 17? <laughs> so um he talks to me like i'm 14 sometimes <laughs> uh, these, these are my co-instructors at my school which is just like why would you want to go there when you can go flat tracking with uh with danny walker oh wait dave Super scott King. needs a number again what post the number up so we don't have to we're not are we taking calls we're gonna go an hour and a half tonight okay yeah the number is hold on here from dave. the number is uh 775-451-3328 Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that at the next union meeting, Gabe. Yeah. We're, I'm trying to unionize all of I've been Jimmy's inact- employees. So I've been inactive for 60 minutes on this thing, and we're losing, like, we lose about 10 bucks a show just sitting here, you know, we can chat with each, I can bring you on to the show, Gabe. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, yeah, I'm going to go do a little flat track school. I, if, if you've never done flat track on a mini bike on a TTR 125 or an XR 100, uh, that is one of the funnest times I've ever had on, uh, on a mini bike. And luckily I lived close to Costa Mesa for a long time where we would go out and do that. And I actually was so inspired after sliding one of those things around, I built a flat track at Cycle World magazine in our, in the dirt lot across the street, which is now a Orange Coast Community College. Um, but those were, uh, those were good days. And um, so I'm going to go do that pretty soon. And we might be getting a call or we don't know. Dave's supposed to call in, but we got the delay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He has to wait for the delay. Something happened to my, to my show here. I can't get half the words that are on the side of the screen. That, that means it's time to pour another one, George. Right there. Okay. That's my glass. So uh, Brian Egg- England apparently has been to Super Camp, said it was a riot, uh, thought it would suck. Anyway, I, I, I've been working on this for a couple of years, me and my buddy Jeremy, of trying trying to get Danny and because uh, we like them both, Danny and Jimmy together to – I thought you were going to pour a drink. That's why I'm babbling. Oh, go. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to pour the drink and I was going to drink it. (laughs) Trying to get them together because they're both, you know, have the passion for the industry. They teach stuff. A a lot of these things overlap. And I'm really anxious to see them both go when both their egos start going where one is totally wrong and the other's got it figured out. But I'm 100% uh, right at least 70% of the time. But more or less, I I thought it'd be a blast to go do super camp. So I think we're doing that here coming up. Hey, another thing that just popped across my little feed here was they're, they're in uh, at the San Diego Supercross the day before the San Diego Supercross. There is an ISDE and ISDT rider uh, reunion. Um, if you, I'm pretty sure there's Facebook uh, Facebook uh, posts about that. So if you're a former ISDE rider, um, check out uh, Bill Baroth. Follow Bill Baroth and stuff. I'm going to grab uh, Dave Scott right here. I'm gonna bring him in and see if we can get him onto the onto the phone. Dave, can you hear us? Okay, can whoa, we I can't hear him. We can't hear you that much. So we're gonna see how we're doing here. Uh 
You, speak you know what? I'm hearing. I'm hearing him over there. Why am I not hearing him? I did all the call-in stuff, Gabe. <laughs> he just hung up. My mine's hung up. Oh, oh I just hung up. Call back, Dave. <laughs> no, it's, it's. Don't worry. It's it's going in. You're gonna have to listen to the call. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the call-in studio web interface. Yeah. Wow. I guess we can from the web interface. Let's see. I'm gonna bring him back in here. Uh, let's try this. Are you um? Are the are you there, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Wow, look, it works. I can I can fix things on the fly here. So, yeah. welcome to well, Tech Talk Taco. Me, so I called back in. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was my fault. Um, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. You are our, what's this? Our third or fourth official caller? Good. Yeah, fourth fourth person. This is this is we're getting better each time. <laughs> Good. I think Dave's a, what, a rider or something in the Midwest. I, I couldn't sort your question out there. You're asking I'm, I'm a seasoned veteran. I'm four, 49, so somewhere about Jimmy. Yeah. So um, what's what's your what's the uh, the call-in question? Well, originally it was the, um, the 202300 on the uh, oil. Right. And the only reason I mixed, well, that and the gas. And the oil was, it's, you know, I'm, I'm an old two-stroke guy, so I like mixing. But this whole injection stuff is new, you know. So um, you got to embrace we're learning. it. Learning, yeah. Trust, trust the future. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just yeah. so. You. So you remember your first, um, your first uh, bike with disc brakes? Oh yeah. It, did, were you kind of scared of them a little bit in the beginning? No, they worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they worked exactly. So that's kind of that. That's that's. I I've always been. I've always. You know, I'm I'm a little skeptical of of new things, but at the same time, it's like they wouldn't bring it to market if they didn't think it was going to work or it wasn't kind of proven. So that's my that's oh, yeah. generally generally my take on it. And and a lot of times, you know, when you have all these, you know, you have people that well, now everybody's got a voice and every got everybody's got a platform. I mean, hell, I even have a damn podcast, so anybody can say anything <laughs> they want these days. So. You know, you get a lot. There's a lot more, I guess, static than there than there used to be in the old days. But uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I would just you know put the pump gas in it. And the, the really the the biggest issue with ethanol is is it sucks up water. <laughs> you know it. it yep. And so when yep. it's, it absorbs water, it, and then it uh, carburetors don't like to sit in water. Yeah, and and then as well as yeah, and there's there's here's our our solution. We're holding up the uh, the Tektron Power Sports, which helps it suck the water up and then burn it. Um, and he's tried a lot of different stuff. I, yeah, yeah, we've tried a bunch of different stuff, and this stuff has been pretty successful, or at least out here. But we're dry out here. But it also you can pull it off this yeah. the screen there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know, and then and then it does eat on some of the the, <coughs> the hoses, but a lot of that, you know, they've they've they're starting to learn. Hey, we're going to have more more and more ethanol in our fuel. We've got to make the hoses and stuff last for that. I I know um, there were some early, you know, some of the early bikes had really severe issues with the hoses, and I know on my old ones, I've had my old bikes, I've had to replace almost anything that was rubber, you know, since the fuels become more and more ethanol. So. That's where oh, we're. Yeah, that's hard. Where we're at. 
Dave, were you asking about if Jimmy was ever coming out to the Midwest? You really didn't want to come out here or something? Yeah, I would, I would love to come to Pahrump, but I never get out that way because it's a long ways away from Iowa, you know. Um, in fact, our moose run is next uh, weekend in, in Illinois. Or this I want to ride. I've, I've, I've wanted to ride that for uh, many years. Um, I, I think that, uh, that uh, Gussie's uh, – <laughs> I, I mean – like I've always liked extreme enduro and that was one of the ones, I mean, in reality, like when you started looking at, he was doing extreme enduro before there was extreme enduro, which I thought was, was thought it was pretty oh, yeah. cool. So just less rocks, <laughs> less rocks. Yeah. We're all rocks. That's what we use for our extreme. He uses mud and pig shit. <laughs> yep. So, yep. You yep. know what a lot of guys do? I don't and, know if you, uh, peat, moss. <laughs> peat moss. Yeah. Blackwater stuff. What a lot of guys do mm-hmm. is they'll come out here with a couple of buddies and they'll take the class and then they'll ride out here and look around Death Valley and do all that and make it like a like a whole trip out of it. And that's kind of cool. Actually, Jim and I today went riding with some guys that were from the last class. Yeah, I it's, should strap my uh, 300 to a trailer that Jimmy was telling us about behind my 1190 and ride out there, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you do not have a motorcycle trailer for your 1190, do you? I do not. Oh, no. good. Yeah, because I was going to say there's something wrong with you if you do. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a trailer for the 1190 and the 300, but it doesn't. 1190 doesn't see the trailer very much. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not what they're for. So, well, hey, thanks well, I for. I met you in Crested Butte. Okay, at the what was it, KTM Rider Rally. At the Rider Rally. Yep. Yep. That was probably the year that I thumped myself and destroyed my shoulder. Right. Two years ago, <laughs> two years ago, after you dumped yourself, yet. that was after. Yeah, I went. I decided to go riding after the event, and and uh, yeah, you know, we all hit the ground every once in a while. So, hey, well, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for calling in. Um, thanks for participating. Tell a friend, um, and uh, we, uh, I think, uh, hopefully, we'll answer nine out of ten questions posed at us without referring to a reference manual. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep trying. Okay. <laughs> so I'll keep, uh, in, I'll keep you up to date on what's going on up here too. Did, did, one, wait, uh, were, were you the I one? That, the, were you the one that had the? You weren't the one that had the the starter go out, were you? No. 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 A different guy. Okay. My but, seventeen starter has worked flawless for the last three years, and I loved it. I yeah. can't think that the twenty twenty is going to be any different. I I'm right there with you. That's why. That's why. You know, I'm always amazed. And and if you knew how many bikes I had like laying around here and like literally <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah my, my 500 is laying on its side because i'm doing some i'm replacing some parts in the recluse clutch after 500 hours um so i have a lot of stuff and you would think i would see more of this in 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 my own usage but i i don't and where i see it is on the internet because you know here's here's what really happens is you, you know, you you may have like one little problem, or your buddy has a problem, and you can't wait to take a picture of it. You know, the 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 rod sticking out the bottom of the motor, and you want to be the first guy to post it. And then five of your friends grab it, and they put it on their different forms, and then everybody thinks that it happened to them, and then it, it just it just kind of picks up this spiral, and it's like I have one of those. I wonder if that's going to happen to me. <laughs> and yep. then everybody gets kind of hyper, you know, a little hypersensitive to it, but. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm in engineering, so we don't listen to any of that stuff. Oh, engineer, he's an engineer, Bob. Oh. <laughs> so, hey, well, right on. Hey, Dave, thanks for calling, and we will, I'm um, sure, keep in touch in the future. All right. 
Okay. Up. Take care. See ya. I think you should close with this. Okay. Let's see here. Close with the oh my emoji that you made for me. The emoji, Jimmy. The emoji. I don't even know about it. You actually, show hold hold it up to the camera so I can see. So George, and don't spill your drink. You you're lucky you got a ride home. At least I live here. Um, yeah, you can just keep pointing it at the thing. Just don't tear anything down. Uh, no, at the camera, not the phone. Right there. Yeah, right there. That's that's the that's the Jimmy Memoji that George made. But I don't think it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called a Jimmy George Love Child. So on that note, we're going to shut down Tech Talk Taco Tuesday for tonight. I want to thank everybody for joining. Um, we've got some uh, proposals out there for sponsors for this show. So if you're interested, you better uh, get in line uh, so you can uh, get your products mentioned on here. Uh, like Kate's Bars, who's been a big supporter of uh, Jimmy Lewis Off-Road. Um uh, my riding school, uh, JimmyLewisOffRoad.com, you can always check out there. I may or may not be able to help you and your riding ability uh, go from uh, zero to hero. Uh, it's been known to happen. Um, you might have an aha moment. Uh, like us on whatever medium you're seeing us on. Pretty soon, uh, you will probably be listening to this on a podcast, a little bit uh, little produced and... Uh, Somebody you know, found you on what Adventure Ride or something? Adventure. Oh, you can listen to me radio. on Adventure Rider Radio. I I talk about balance and how important it is. So all things considered, I'm trying to be all over the place and I need to go riding more. So with that, um we will uh thank everybody for watching. I think we hit our highest number on the screen as far as I'm concerned. And maybe we can... Uh, Did I do... get more than Ricky Brabeck and Andrew? I think you're better than Ricky Brabeck <laughs> and Andrew Short. You know, Ricky's going to be out here tomorrow. I'll remind him of that. <laughs> so with that, uh, we're going to sign off from Perump. And uh, on behalf of uh, George, obviously the best co-host I've ever had. Life coach, Jim. Life coach, you okay. You don't know it, but I'm your life coach. Got it. Um, we will hopefully see you out on the trail. Cheers. Doesn't it look like the Memoji? Ha, 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 ha.